What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Learning the Way in Business with Yelisei Cholak. It's your host, Yelisei. I've got another guest on the show, an incredible man um, that I wanted to introduce you guys or introduce him to you guys. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's a father, a husband, a great man. I've met this guy at uh, at a mastermind that we're both currently attending and having chats, having conversations together. If you know this man, you'll agree that this man is he has a big heart. He's an incredible guy. He he's he's doing great things um with with his company, with the people around him. And it's just a great ripple effect that when you're around him you feel that reciprocation of that he is indeed a great person and bringing him on here, I'm sure he's going to share with a lot of value with a lot of things that from his experience, because he is a very well experienced individual, his story, I'm pretty sure can inspire you guys and, and inspire people to do more. So uh, without further ado, let's welcome Brett Brewer. Man, What's the up, introduction. Brother? I appreciate that, man. There, yeah, of what's course. What's going on? Of course. Nothing much. How are you? I really appreciate you coming on here. Take your time because I know you're also you're a busy man. You got a lot going on. Yeah, no, I appreciate the invite. Um, I mean, just being on here with you is is cool. Um, Just seeing your growth has been awesome. I know this is supposed to be about me, but that's kind of as an entrepreneur, that's one of the hard things that I think we go through is it's got to be about us at some point. Um, But no, man, um, everything's been good so far. Just staying busy. 2023 just started a new year. Just trying to keep keep pushing and and plugging away. Just keep moving the needle. That's incredible, bro. I was honestly excited about this because like I said, talking to you, like you've got a big heart. I know that no doubt, even like the last meetup at the restaurant in Vegas, we had that conversation and I had a thought. I was like, man, have a recorder then and push record. That would have been an episode. So that was incredible. I really enjoyed it. We talked about hiring people, you know, I was ask, obviously asking you for advice because that's something we're working on is hiring people, bringing on, expanding the team, bring members on. And obviously, in business, you don't just want to hire anybody. You want to hire on the right people. You want to bring on the right people, have the right team members, team members that that you can help out as well, achieve their goals and dreams. And that conversation was amazing. But um, starting off this episode, I, I wanted to start off with your story, how you got in business, because we've also had conversations about that. And I know it was like when you were sharing your story, like your wife was a big part of that into pushing you into it. And I and I really wanted to touch that part, too, because there's a lot of people that have spouses and, and kind of the thing that that happens is like maybe she doesn't entirely support what he does or or it's like two different mindsets versus like you like you guys are both bought into this vision this mission together and going on to building something great and not by yourself but together which I think is a big superpower having like a power couple that it's incredible so I wanted to ask you how did you start in business, like, what did it all start from? Where did, what did you do before? Because you obviously, and you can explain about what you do as well first before you start um, kind of with your story as well. Cool. Yeah, so we're a directional drilling company in Central California. We've been in business for about five years now. Um, I am 37. I've been in the industry since I was 16 years old. So going back to the beginning, Very started out on, on homeschool, traveling. Um, I was a type, school wasn't my thing. <laughs> Um, I wanted to work. I wanted to make money. That's that was what I wanted. 
um, very early. So 16, that started, started traveling um, different states, got a ton of experience. Um, my dad was the one that got me into this. So it kind of started with him into this industry of directional drilling, got me into it. Um, I would say I worked for as a W-2 employee for years. Um, up until I was 32, I decided to shift and, and start my own. The way that worked was I was working in Fresno, um, just paycheck to paycheck. I was 20 bucks left over at the end of the month. I was lucky. Um, and so I got to a point where it was like, okay, my wife used to say this all the time, you know, we're, we're destined for greater things. I don't know what those things are, but I just feel it in my heart. I feel that God's leading us to greater things. So I decide, okay, let's, let's find a new venture somewhere else. Maybe same, same scope, you know, same, same drilling. It's what we know. Let's travel. So went up North Bay area, did that for about nine months. Uh, didn't work out, decided to go to LA, which is the total opposite direction. I went there for, for two weeks in total. The first week I brought my family down, we're in a hotel and it's long hours, you know, 16 to 18 hour days because of traffic. It's horrible. So we're Sunday night, last night with my family, we're sitting, I'm at, I'm at the end of the bed in the hotel and we're talking about how I'm unhappy and, and I want to be able to, to provide a better life and how can we do that? And it was six years of conversating over and over about starting a company, not knowing how to. Um, so we just kind of gave up on the idea. So we're sitting at the hotel and my wife's like, why don't, why don't you just start your own company? You could totally do it. She was my number one biggest supporter from day one before I even like saw the the light at the end of that tunnel. So she you was a big you before you did hundred percent. Yeah. She, she, I, I use this analogy. She was the one that kicked me off the cliff and forced me to build the plane on the way down. And so that was, that was the start of the conversation of like, all right, we're going to do it. I go in the next day. I tell my, my boss that I had been working for a week, like, Hey, I can only give you a week notice, which I didn't like doing, but I knew that I had to, in order for me to, to get back home and really just start, start putting my head to the ground and, and just focusing on what I needed to get done. Um, making that, that connection to like wanting a better life or wanting more and then actually taking the actions to do it. That's one thing. Um, I quit my job and I went home. Um, my house was pending because it was for sale so I could move up North Bay area. That didn't work out. It was already done deal. Um, when we moved back, we sold the house. I rented a place. I took one bedroom in the house, made it an office specifically for myself. Mind you, I don't have a contractor's license. I don't, I'm not in business yet. This is still just an idea. I studied for six months after that as if it was a job every day, Monday through Friday, typically left weekends to be with family, but Monday through Friday, eight to 10 hours a day, I studied my contractor's license. I treated it as a job, you know, like the fake it till you make it. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what I did. I considered myself a business owner before I even had a business. And little did I know that was the mindset needed to take me to, to where I wanted to go or, or to take me further down the line of, of my dreams and my goals. So come into 2018, February 27th, I passed my contractor's license. May that year hit the ground running and we've just been doubling year over year. Um, since we started and, and now we're in, this would be our fifth year. That's incredible. That's incredible. What, um, I'm, I can imagine that night at the hotel. I can imagine that was probably your low spot 
when you're in a you're in a crossroad of what decision do I make do I make and it's obviously a low spot and I've I've been there at a very young age and I I felt that responsibility at a very young age and I know what it feels like but what do you feel about that now looking back at that at Brett at that time or for that five years ago making that decision pushing forward how do you feel about yourself yeah. So currently now looking backwards, I'm obviously super happy that I was able to do what I did because it's, it's gotten us here, but going backwards to that night, sitting on the bed, I was scared out of my mind. I had no clue how this was going to work. Um, again, paycheck to paycheck. I have no money in the bank. How am I going to buy equipment? How am I going to pay for the license? Obviously sold the house. So that was like first point of, of any type of money. Um, again, we don't come from money. My family doesn't come from money. So it's not like we just had savings on savings or investments. Like that was never da daddy's money or daddy's check. Daddy's no, card. <laughs> no, uh, what I got from daddy was blue collar and just know how to, how to work and work ethic. Work that's, ethic. that's where, uh, that's where he really poured into me, which was something that was needed in order for me to get to where I'm at now. But yeah, that, that night at the hotel was the, the emotion behind it. I think the, the biggest scarcity of that for me was just not knowing. Not knowing, that fear. Yeah, um, I didn't want to fail, right? Nobody wants to fail. But right. what I didn't know then was failure's okay. It's just when you quit is when you it's actually okay. fail, right? Yeah. So failure's I, good. Yeah. But. Yep, I agree. I was even having conversations with my coach about this last Monday in the call and it, we were we were talking about hiring team members and I'm like explaining my point of view like bro I want someone that's experienced he's like you're afraid to fail you're afraid to fail because you're you're afraid to train someone you're 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 afraid to um you know to invest that time because you're afraid to fail and I sat back and I realized I was afraid to fail um but that fear it's it's an illusion that holds ours that holds ourselves back and that was something I realized up recently that I got until the level that I am right now. And now I'm holding myself back with the fear of an illusion of keep of going because I don't want to fail again. Right. Like we we experience those certain amount of failures and then it comes to the point to where like you get tired of it. You don't. And, and then you're afraid to to take another step because you're afraid to fail. And it's a hurdle, it's a difficult hurdle to step over, but it's necessary. Like, yeah. I think if, if at that, that night five years ago, if, if you were afraid and you wouldn't, you were afraid, obviously, but if you wouldn't step over, you, you chances are you wouldn't be where you were today. Yeah, chances yeah, are totally. you, you wouldn't have the business you have today. You wouldn't, quite frankly, you wouldn't have not been the man you are today. Because I'm sure throughout that time you had challenges that shaped you. You had things that that definitely didn't go your way that you had 100%. to figure out solving problems. And, you know, I'm sure you do that now, but it's like, dear, when you start out that business and when you're in those low lows, like the, those problems solving, like those problems, solving those problems, in my experience, in my opinion, a little different than the problems we solve now, right? Like you, right now you've got more experience. You've got somewhat resources. There's still problems. I'm not saying Always. they're not, but, but it's kind of different. Cause then you, you're scared to death. You don't have much experience. 
quite frankly, you don't have much resources, money or, or relationships, any of that. But I look back at the time when I was working with my dad and we had those very low lows. Like one time we went to Tennessee to do a project and it was like he was he was on a truck. We're going on a truck. He had 50 bucks for for diesel. It was a five hour yeah. drive. He fueled it up, had 50 bucks left. Wait, McDonald's like 10 bucks. And I was like feeling like it's the most expensive restaurant in the world. And when I have problems or when I have lows right now, like in like when I do have lows, I think back to that moment and it just fills my heart with gratitude and it helps me push because like knowing that was a really, really low and dark place. I've made it through. Like I've survived a hundred percent of my bad days. Always, what, yeah. Why am I not going to survive whatever's ahead of me? hundred percent. Yeah. I wish everybody would think like that. Right. Right. I it, mean, it, it, they, they should, they definitely should because here's, here's the deal. Um, understanding that there's risk is, is okay. But knowing that if you fell off of that risk, like life's not over, obviously you jump out of a plane parachute doesn't open different conversation. Right. But if we're talking business, typically you're, you're going to be okay. And if, if the bigger, the, the reward, obviously bigger risk, right? Everybody knows that, but it's, it's really just controlling that, that conversation internally with that you have inside yourself, you know, with your, you call that like your inner bitch or whatnot voice. And, and you, you allow yourself to negotiate. And that's why when you get scared it, it, or nervous or whatever, because something's in front of you that seems hard, right? Like the speaker that we had just listened to talked about it. It is hard, but it's not hard. It's just harder than you want it to be. It's harder than you want to deal with, which is totally right. Like you couldn't be any more right than that, but understanding that like what you're feeling and that emotion you're feeling it's it, it's really just an emotion that doesn't have a direction. If you're happy, if you're sad, if you're anxious, it's really the same emotion. But you tie whatever is correlating to it or whatever you think, basically fear, you tie the fear to it so it makes you feel scared. And the reason I say that is I've heard it over and over and I talk to my team about this. It's like when you fall asleep and you have a dream and you got a dog chasing you and the dog bites you in the butt. It hurts, you're scared, you're running, you're out of breath, but when you wake up, there's no dog around. You're not running, you're laying in bed. You didn't know the difference from a dream or reality. That's the same thing when it comes to fear, in my opinion, because it's an emotion base. So we don't, we don't, we tie it to whatever visual we have, but we also look at that fear and and take that fear of what we could fail. And we put ourselves in a failing state, which makes us even more fearful. And that's why a lot of us don't take the jump or the leap to try to dive into this entrepreneurship or owning a company, whatever it is you want to do, whatever's scaring you, it's because it's your mind's built to keep you safe. And when it questions these things that you want to do that makes you nervous, makes you scared, questions that, you know, what the other side really looks like, your mind's just doing its job. And a lot of us at this age, when you get into it later, obviously you started way before I did. But for me at 32 years old, I've already developed so many bad habits that, you know, school and my parents taught me because they knew no better. They're just teaching me what they know. They great bring up, but it, it wasn't conducive to the way that my thoughts and actions wanted to align. So a lot of what we do at an older age, when we finally hit this, this point of like, Hey, I'm built for something better. It's, it's, it's tough. I think for anybody at any age to transfer over what we already know, what we do consistently on autopilot. And it's, it's being intentional and acknowledging that. So like 
going back to your scarcity and being scared and nervous and whatnot, it's being intentional on what you can control versus what you can't control. Typically, if you're scared, it's, it's usually something you can't control. Kind of pointless to dive or to, to dump all that energy into something that you can't control where if you focused on what you can control, um, you would potentially have just a different shift, um, a different outcome. Um, and it's less stressful, which is nice. Right. Well, you said you mentioned something. You have to be intentional about it. I agree. Because there's things that are out of your control, right? And if it's out of your control, you have to intentionally agree with yourself that I am wasting my energy stressing out about this. And if if I stress out or I don't stress out, the outcome will be the same. So why not just not stress out? Right. It's a simple term. It's difficult to do so but it's also a muscle it's also something you got to build and like you said having that conversations with yourself and negotiate or not negotiate with yourself we're we're not going that down that route we're not going to do that like we're going to stand firm knowing that understanding hey i survived 100 percent of my bad days i'll be all right it like it might turn out maybe a little worse than i thought it would but it'll be all right and when you when you think of that and you don't negotiate it, it it's easier. And, and it's, it's crazy to see the, you save the yourself momentum a lot of and energy. traction that can build from doing that. I I agree. I agree. Cause and also you said a lot of the times we're just in our heads. We're overthinking it. We're we're creating a fake scenario that doesn't exist and then we create our own fear. We create yep. our own fear and then we're the ones ultimately holding ourselves back from doing something great, from doing something big, from fulfilling yeah. our purpose. And it's nobody's but my own fault because I'm in my own head saying those thoughts about myself or creating another scenario while the outsiders could could care less or they think I'm great. So yeah. if I just doubled down on that, had better conversations with myself, imagine how much farther I would be along. You would be along. Everybody else. You know what I'm saying? That when we have yeah. those conversations with us. Hundred percent, man. I mean, the the more you focus on the problem, the more you actually become the problem. And and I think that's a lot of what we do. I think it goes back to what we know, like what we've learned at a young age. And it's it's like the saying goes, you know, if you're if you're skiing down a mountain and you're focused on like don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees, you're probably gonna hit the tree versus focusing on the trail and keeping that focus. It's the same thing with business, same thing with life, it's the same thing with having a family. I mean, it's, it's what, wherever your focus is, is technically uh, essentially what you're going to be or turn into. And so I, I think when it comes down to all of this, it's really just putting in um, the good that you can, you know, the good food, the exercise, good words, affirmations, the right people. Um, I, I think that's where the intentional part comes in is it's intentional job, not just in one area of your life, but like in every sector. And then setting up your parameters around what what you want to do in life with your family, with your business, with yourself, and not allowing anything outside of those parameters to come in and and alter your direction of what you're trying to do. Yep, yep. I like how you mentioned about the skiing. You focus on the don't hit the trees, you'll hit the trees. Yep. It's like focus on the solution. I've very recently, probably this past year, I've noticed in myself when Something would go wrong. Something would go wrong in the shop. Let's say the fabrication part, whatever. Something goes wrong. 
people around me have a re- they react to it, right? Like, oh my god, like this is so bad. Like, what are we gonna do now? I noticed my response was like, oh well, it happened. What's the solution? What do we figure it out? And then I thought I'm crazy. I thought I'm crazy because I did that because I didn't like. I saw there's a problem, but that's not where my focus was. It was on the solution. How do I figure this out? What do we need to do next? Right. And I'm like, am I crazy? Because everyone's like, well, we have an issue. Like the focus is on the issue. I'm focusing on the solution. And you think you're crazy because you're focusing on the solution. And I come to find out as time passed by, that's actually a superpower. That's actually yep. something that that you can develop. And if you do develop, it's it's incredible because you can push through all that negativity, find, even finding um, when things go bad on you, when things go the other direction than what you like it to, finding the positive in that. Knowing, hey, I will, I will lean into this. I will lean into the struggle. I will. It's not comfortable, and it won't be. However, I'm going to extract. I'm going to take full advantage of this problem. I'm going to extract all the good from. It. I'm going to learn all the lessons. Make sure I don't repeat it. And if it does, I'll learn the lessons from that one because then I'll have yep. different lessons. 100%. So that's something. And it goes back to we're afraid to fail. Yeah. That's where we it, lean it out. Really that's where we find comfort. Yep. And comfort, man, comfort's, it, comfort's nice sometimes. Not all the time. I think comfort's nice when you've earned it. And that's the way that I look at it is comfort's earned. It's I not agree. given. I agree. So like the Saturday that you want to kick back with the family with your feet up, totally should. But you should also have everything checked off for your week before you're allowed to do that. That's that's where like I have my own accountabilities. Um, but one, you know, going back to the business side of things with with employees, that was a big struggle for us. And I know that that's a big struggle for a lot of people, especially yeah, in the trades. Man, talk about that. So I think that I. I sit here and think when it comes to the company, like I've, I've been through a couple different companies. I was usually a guy that stuck with a company for a long time. I didn't usually bounce around to chase the dollar. I was pretty dedicated. So I never understood why people came and went until I started my own company. And I saw people leave for 50 cents more, or I've seen people leave for a pay cut. And at that point I had to reevaluate. Okay. Now that I've got a business, now that we're working, we're trying to expand. How do I create incentives inside of the company. The first two years was a mess. It, it was a mess. Like we, yeah, we worked, we paid our bills. There was no money was ever taken. It was just enough to pay the bills, the personal bills. And then obviously the company bills to just barely have enough left over for safety, if you will. Um, so for the first two years, it was constantly just people coming in and out, in and out, just revolving door. We never had one guy really stick with us probably longer than I'd say three months. So you take your time and you develop these people and then they just quit on you to go somewhere else and take their knowledge somewhere else or, um, or, or maybe we had to let them go because it just differences or whatnot just wasn't working out. <clears throat> so for me, really learning how to operate as an owner with employees was a whole different avenue of learning that I had to do. It wasn't just like, hey, the trade I've got figured out, right? You know how to set countertops. You don't need anybody to help you. You've got it. But then you've got this dream or, or goal vision of what your company should be in five, 10 years. And, and you start, you know, reverse engineer that down. So, you know, every year to every month, what it is you need to be doing and you hit the employee part and it's like you hit a wall and it's really tough to try to figure that out. And so I can't speak for everybody on this. I can only speak, you know, to my experience, but we have, we have developed 
Um, and, and I got some of the ideas through some of the guys in our, in our RBO group um, on incentives and how to, how to profit pot for the cruise. We have multiple crews, how to profit pot that. Well, that, doing the profit pot is going to take away from them missing so much work because when they miss work, it penalizes their profits. So we were able to, to learn how to leverage that. But then the, the big picture came in and I lost a, a couple really good employees at the end of 2021 going into 22. And I had to figure out like, okay, what am I doing wrong? We didn't have core values. And that was, that was like the, that was the piece that once we figured that out and we put our core values together, it really, it really made a massive difference because now the company operates off of the core values. We hire off of core values. We fire off of core values. We create goals off of our core values. We create everything in the company. I, I call it steering the ship. Our rudder is our core values. That's, Do you that's, also, that's, I'll cut you off there. Do you also have core values for your clients, the type of clients you want to work with? I mean, but then you don't really have clients that you pretty right. much work with companies directly. Yeah. So our, our companies are going to be commercial based companies. So there, it's not going to be um, like residential, some like what you're doing Got where it. you want to have that that core value set up for them as well. In my opinion, the core values you have should be for you, your guys and your clientele. And that's kind of how we structured ours. So everything we do is because this is who we are. So in return, this is what we do. And our core values, our mission statement, our vision, everything is related to growth, growth with our company, growth with our employees and growth with our clientele. And our job as a company, as Omni Underground, my job is to make sure that we facilitate growth opportunity, not just for me, because at the end of the day, it's not about me. I don't do this for me. I do this because my passion is to help other people. I was a number in, 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 uh, at a workplace with a ton of years experience. That feeling when you go home, it just sucks. It, it's not something that you're like happy to, to be considered that number. Um, so I... I created a system with our whole team and a structure inside the company years after we started on how we were going to level people up that wanted to level up at a decent pace so that they weren't sitting at a certain dollar amount for four or five years before they could move up. And so we've created that, that stepping system, if you will, um, with our crews. So not only do they, are they bought in on the vision, but right after I started speaking and preaching all of this stuff that we were going to do, they actually started me, started seeing me take action in it. And that shift right there, when the employees saw that the words I was saying in the meetings actually started coming to fruition, the, their buy-in was totally different than just their verbal and their head nod of like, yep, okay, cool, I'm in. Um, it was completely different because they see that the, the vision is actually the vision. The core values are actually the core values. I live the core values inside of work and outside of work. It, it doesn't matter. Monday through Sunday, the, the days don't change. And that's another thing we're teaching. Um, our goal with our company is obviously to take these men and women and make them better than what they are. And it's 1% every day. You've heard it. We, we talk about it a lot. 1% every day. By the end of the year, you're 365% better. Imagine the conversation you're having now versus the having a conversation with somebody that's 365% better than what they were. It's not even the same conversations. It's not a whole different person. Yeah. So that shift for us in the company was, was massive for us because now the retention was, was longer. People are leaving less frequently. So we've kind of, we're, we kind of have figured out what's able to keep employees in 
what's going to get them to grow. Obviously, money is what they want. But what I've learned, too, is money is a driving factor to pay their bills. As soon as we brought in the profit pot and, and started going through that, like that's how they build outside of what their bills are. So once there was more money for them to make, it actually sped their work up. They got more work done, which created more profits. So it was a win-win. Um, that was a tough one to figure out because it's like, man, we're paying them this much and we're going to give them profits. But when you put the numbers down, the ROI is just it's it's a non-negotiable ROI. It, it makes them better. It makes us better. And it helps our clientele out. And the more crews we can develop like that, the more clients we can help develop and get them to you know finish their goals out for whatever year we're in. That's kind of our, our big overhead now. And that's where the shift was. It went from just every day working in, in the field, just trying to make ends meet to, okay, how can we grow this company? And that's, that was two different mindsets, two different shifts. Yeah. You mentioned about core values, living them Monday through Sunday without having days changed. Yep. When I hired my coach, he was, we were kind of going, he was learning about our company. He said, do you have core values? I said, I do, but like, um, what I told him, like, we don't, like, I have him, but, like, I don't really display him. We're not, like, too much about him. He said, well, do you have personal ones? I said, I don't. He said, well, create personal ones and live by them. He said, the reason you don't live by the ones you have in your office because you don't have personal ones to live by. They're just there to hang or they're just to be there. You have them there just because everybody has them. You actually don't live by them. And, I, and as I'm learning now is they are very crucial. They are mm -hmm. very crucial. You you can't just have them hang on there or, or or be there. You have to live by them. You you can't just tell your team, "I will do this, I will do that," and and not do it. I've been there, actually, recently, a couple months ago, telling, "Hey, I, I'll do this, I'll do that," and then it came down to letting one of the team members go. And he's like, "You only talk about what you're gonna do. You don't do it," mm. and it caught me on spot right there. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yep. Too often because we dream dream big. We're we're visionaries. We have this goal. We have something that we want to do. But taking action on it is a whole different thing because again, it requires to be uncomfortable, step over the fear of failing. And and if we if we don't want to fail, that's it's obviously going to be difficult. And yeah. that that is part of the like the core values is is just not talking about it, but but doing taking action on what you told your team because ultimately you're a leader. They look up to you, and if you make no excuses, it's that doesn't give them any excuses to make excuses. If you make right. excuses, it gives them an excuse to make excuses. Specifically at work, now then that rolls over to family, to home, etc. Because you can truly make. Um, the your workplace environment, you being the leader, making an environment for them to actually learn and get paid there. While while they're getting paid, they're also learning about personal development from Brett. While yeah. they're, you know, I'm sure they ask you for advice or, or any personal. They they see you. They know you're farther ahead. They know they know you're you're doing great things. But they also know you're their leader and you're a great guy. So they're going to come and ask you for advice because they they've saw. Like you're a proven product. They saw you come through time and time again when you said, I'll do this, and you actually did it. You weren't right. just yapping about it. You went and actually did it. So they're going to come to you. They're going to look up to you because then we, at the end of the day, we all understand that it's, it takes a whole lot to, to take action. It does, yeah. When you can express like your core values and how you live life through action versus 
verbalizing it to your guys or just really to anybody, the belief of, of buy-in is way greater. And it's not buy-in like, hey, we've got to convince these people. But the direction we want to go, this is this. these are the people that we need. Not everybody's going to be the fit for you. Not everybody's going to be your best friend. Not everybody's going to like you. But as long as you stay true to yourself and your core values, at the end of the day, your moral compass is your moral compass. You do that right, and you're just you're you're just going to be doing. You're going to do good in life, just in general. It's just a rule of thumb. But yeah, taking action is is half the battle right there, especially when you're trying to build a team up, and and you're trying to build a company up, and you're trying to give opportunity to everybody that does business with you, whether it's an employee or a client. You've got to start thinking outside the box. What used to work yesterday isn't going to work today, and as the well, culture you, shifts and changes. Right. And as the culture shifts and changes, so so does the way you do business. And you got to adapt to that or your your ship's going to sink. How how do I step over the fear of failure? Yeah, um you you don't you let it trip you and fall on your face. But you fall forward so that you can push yourself up and you knew what happened this time, right? So then you continue to keep on moving forward. Only difference between this time and and the last time is this time when it comes, you already know, you already know your move to get around it, right? So I'm, I'm a big believer. We learn a lot of lessons one time. The first time is always the lesson to be learned. The second time, that's a different conversation um, with yourself, with your employee, with a friend, whoever it is, whatever the situation is. So when that comes up, um, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, one, practice that because that's, that's a really tough feat to get figured out. But once you do, that's half your battle. And then falling forward, when you do fail, failure is okay. Like we talked earlier, failure is okay. What's not okay is when you quit. When you fail, that means you've just learned something. If you're not failing, in my opinion, you're not, you're not to your fullest potential. You're not pushing the buttons to the extent of what you're capable of. If you're not failing or you just have really good luck, which I, I like luck too. But at the end of the, end of the day, the world is the world. It catches up to you no matter what situation you're in. Eventually, you will fail. And when you do, it's just understanding how to identify the, the failure and how to navigate around the failure, continuing your momentum to keep pushing forward. Right. How do you, let me ask you this, how do you become comfortable with being uncomfortable? Do you believe, do you think, doing things like going to the gym consistently taking cold showers pushing yourself do you think that's a great place to start with becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah 100 percent um if i if i were to say one thing to start right now if you're out there you're uncomfortable being uncomfortable and you want to get comfortable with that the first thing i'd say to do is cold showers take a five to six minute super hot shower to where you can barely stand it roll it to the coldest it can go um and just breathe because that's the only thing you're going to be able to concentrate on. I, I will agree on that because I have for the past two months, I've joined the fitness program and part of the, one of the non-negotiables there is a cold shower. And I will tell you, it, it is uncomfortable every single time for the past. It's actually almost been three months. It's uncomfortable. And there's times I'm like, I don't want to do it. Um, But I heard one guy say that. When you just get in, your body's in shock because it's uncomfortable. A few minutes later, you get used to it. It actually starts feeling good. And you can correlate or translate that to actual life when you're 
when you're in that state of fear or when you when you're in a difficult situation if you understand that that's why I will agree that is a great place to start because you understand that thought you're in that cold shower you're embracing it when you have a difficult situation you're there embracing it right and by embracing it I don't mean just folding your hands and sitting down you're okay with being there but you're also figuring it out you're not going insane you're 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 in your calm mind Figuring out how do I come out of this situation? How do I do not repeat it again? And when you understand that, that small switch, it helps you out in life. Like even going to the gym. When yep. I've learned a lot of things going through there. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah, if I'm like 100%. skip out a workout, guess what I'm going to do when things get tough at work? I'm going to bail out. Yeah, yep, I might pull that three quarters of the way. 100%. Yeah. And what you were saying on that cold shower too, it's funny because you get in there, right? It's freezing cold. What's the only thing you're thinking about? It's breathing. Right. You gotta, you gotta breathe. It takes your breath away. You literally have to focus on breathing. What keeps you in the shower? Breathing. You focus in that cold shower on the one thing that's going to allow you to get through whatever tough scenario you're in is what you focused on. Your body naturally does that immediately takes your breath away you've got to figure that out real quick. And then you realize that, Oh, I'm going to focus on my breath because now it, it subsides whatever pain I'm feeling because I'm focusing on the one thing that's keeping me afloat. It's the same thing with business, with life, with marriage, with family, with anything. If you focus on what's going to get you through the issue or the problem, you're going to get through the issue or the problem. If you focus on what the problem or the issue is, you're going to become the problem or the issue. Nothing gets fixed. And it's, it's really, it's, when it comes to personal development, you don't cross a finish line. You just climb the next rung to the ladder. The ladder is never ending. You don't ever you get to a point where you're like, hey, I've made it. Um, I don't have to do none of this stuff no more. Um, at least in my book, I don't I don't see it that way. I, I see it as, as an ongoing battle that we're constantly going to be putting ourselves through to become Bro, better. Yes. When you fall in love with growing, when you love growing, you don't want there to be a finish line. Negative, yeah. You want it to keep growing. Like, you want to keep growing. You don't want there to be a finish line. Yep. So that, and, and that's what I've been realizing about myself. I I just love growing lately. Like, love seeing the, I'm not the person I was yesterday. I'm a different person now. Um, My brother told me this one quote. It correlates to what you said earlier. If you have a problem, repeat more than once. You are the problem, not the problem is the problem. Yep. That hit home for me because so many times I have the same problem repeat again and I'm victimizing myself, feeling sorry for myself because it's happening, not understanding that I am the problem because it's repeating again. Because there's things we can't control, but at the same time, there's things we can. And if a problem occurred more than once... um. Like you said, the first time it's 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 a learning situation. Second time it's a different conversation. Yep. If I'm intentional about it, I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna make sure I don't repeat it. If I'm intentional about it. A hundred percent. And going back to one of the questions that you asked was, you know, how how do you get comfortable being uncomfortable? And I, I think that that's like a that's a question that rides a fine line. I, I don't know if you really ever get comfortable. Some people will say, or there's quotes out there that say, yeah, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. But for me, I don't think it's 
being uncomfortable or being comfortable, uncomfortable, I think it's more of a discipline. And so every time you go to the gym or you're in this program and you go to get in a cold shower and your mind says, Hey, don't do it. And you're like, no, I'm doing it. The more times you dispute your natural instinct, the easier it gets. So I don't know if it's just being more comfortable more than it is really just mastering your mind and allowing yourself to not have those negotiations when you've created your, your goal and your, your tasker or whatever task it is you have to do to get to that goal has to be in order for you to achieve the greatness or the goal that you're shooting for. That's a non-negotiable right there. So if you're making your list, cold shower, working out, wake up at four, read 10 pages a day, whatever it is you're doing, those are non-negotiables. I mean, you, that's something you got to sign off on every day. You're always, in my opinion, you're never always going to be 100% in it wanting to do all of it. Yeah, maybe there's days you're like, dude, I'm here, I'm getting it. But there will be days, no matter what spectrum you're on in business or in growth or in whatever, there's going to be days you don't want to do it. And when you can correct your discipline or your, your conversations you have with yourself and you can create that discipline to where those non-negotiables just get easier and easier and easier, I, I think that's where the battle gets won. There's still always going to be the battle there. And like I tell my guys, discipline creates consistency. Consistency creates success. And that's success is whatever your definition is. But in order to get to success, you have to have discipline in order to create consistency. It's the only way to do it. So those those mental battles that you win every time, like log those down like as wins, but also log the losses down. And when when you're in that down stage of like, man, I'm, I'm upset. I didn't work out this morning. That's good. Be there for five minutes. Feel that disappointment in yourself. Feel that pain or whatever it is you're feeling. Be there. Understand it. And then when your five minutes is up, that's it. We're not going to talk about it no more. But what's the next best thing we can do to keep moving forward? We either get our workout in today or we do it tonight or we jump back into it first thing in the morning. But what we don't do is we don't sit here and ponder off of what I didn't do today. The more we do that, the more consistent things will be. Right. Yeah, people don't understand the power of compound interest or consistency because yeah. it really does roll over. It, it does compound like crazy because today, tomorrow, the first week, maybe even the first month, you won't see results. It has to also become your lifestyle. Like you said, this is who I am. This is what I do. When it becomes that, it's it's you're you don't feel like it. You don't feel like going. You don't feel like doing that thing. But you understand this is who I am. This is what I do. Like yeah. I have to do this or I get to do this. Right. Do I really have a choice? Um, when you're pursuing something and you become okay with it, you accept it. Like you said, it's not really becoming comfortable. You just accept it more that this is who I am. This is what I do Yep. in, in progressing or in growing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, bro, what's that one thing? What advice would you leave for the people? listening to this if there's something they didn't take away what should they take away from the podcast or from the show that one advice that you'll give yeah if you can dream it it's possible you know you're you're the crazy one when something doesn't exist and then when you create something out of nothing um, whether it's a dream or a vision or whatever it may be now you're a genius so for me my mindset was I was a w-2 employee that's who I was my wife did background 
on like my entire family's lineage and they were all laborers in construction. It was kind of crazy to see, right? So I, I correlated that information to my identity. I'm a worker. I have great work ethic. This is what I was built for was to be a workhorse and go out and, and just work for somebody else. Um, and I, I consumed that on a daily basis, that, that information, those words, and I believed it through and through until obviously somebody else from the outside, my wife came in and, and got to show me a different set of pages of what my reality could look like. Being that I had great work ethic, it correlated into me really putting my head down and getting going. So my, my advice would be if you're in a spot that you're not happy with, that doesn't have to be your end all be all. It's going to take work. There's going to be some, some unsureness going on, if you will. There's going to be um, areas that you're getting ready to jump into, especially if it's new that you're not sure how it's going to work out. But I'll tell you this much. I would much rather fail than lay in my deathbed with the regret of never knowing. So for me, I would take the chance because more than likely you're going to be okay. Businesses fail all the time. That's not the end of the day. That's just the end of that chapter. Turn the page, keep moving forward. Don't allow your limiting beliefs to dictate how your life actually could be. Yep, because you know only what you know. 100%, and man, and you don't know what you don't know. Right, right, exactly. Man, um, bro, that was incredible. I, I really enjoyed it. There, there was a lot of stuff to be said, a lot of, a lot of stuff to be learned from what you said. Um, and I really do appreciate you coming on. Because like I said, like, it's always great talking with you. It's always great, like having great conversations with you because you're a man, you've, you're a man of wisdom, you're a man of a big heart. And I really, really enjoy talking with you. I really enjoy watching your socials and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, where, where do, where do people, where can people watch your socials? Where, where can they connect with you? Where can they hit you up? Maybe ask you for some advice or, or, or maybe support you in your journey with Absolutely. in your growth in your business where can they find you yeah so on facebook i'm just brett brewer b-r-e-t-t-b-r-e-w-e-r -E -E on instagram i am brett underscore brewer um it's all lower caps i don't know if that makes a difference or not but you can catch me on facebook and instagram i also put it in the show notes you guys cool. can find it down there well guys that's a wrap um thank you guys for tuning into another episode you guys make sure to go follow brett um Share this share this episode if you enjoyed it. Tag both of us, Instagram, Facebook. Um, show it some love. Follow him. Show him some love. Tell him you came from the podcast because his time is obviously valuable, and he did drop a lot of value here for all of us to take. So, uh, yeah, thank you, guys. Y'all have an awesome day. Peace. <laughs>